my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds looking fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear leaves and debris with the 40-volt leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at the Home Depot and on homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I'm off my game today. No, you're not. That's true. People are going to have to start making better content. I think we're going to be talking about this for a long time. When you program for everyone, you program for no one. I think it's that we're a purpose-driven platform. Like, we're trying to get to substance. How okay. was that? Are you happy with that? Yeah. This is marketing therapy right now. It, it really is. <laughs> What's up? I'm Laura Carrenti. And I'm Alexa Kristen. Welcome back to Adlandia. April showers bring May flowers. Whoop, whoop. So today, today we're, we're talking about ladies. Yeah, we're going like Beyonce just did Baychella. Well, we're going Ari Cella. Hey, ladies. So we're going to have Ari Wengroff, publisher of Broadly on the show. Broadly being the women's platform on Vice. So we wanted to have Ari on other than her being a total badass. She is a total badass. Super smart. Su- and super crazy smart to talk about publishing for female issues looks like today, brands, how brands can get around it and how brands maybe aren't getting around it. And also like, what is content for women actually look like? What does that actually mean? Or does it mean anything? Can we categorize it? And so we want to- Or should we? Or should we categorize it? And I think for us, one of the things that Laura and I have talked a lot about is that a lot of publishers have come out 
with kind of female adjacent content to their general content. Keyword being adjacent. Adjacent. Keyword. And I think that Vice was one of the first who actually created a female platform. Right. Which was not influenced or informed by other topics that existed, but rather was hitting issues that went deeper than sort of surface pop culture that you can catch in any of the glossy magazines or celebrity rags, if you will. Yeah, totally. I think you can go to school on culture through a female lens in some ways with broadly. So like the topics are they're intense they're, right. and they're intensely also educational, right? Right. From the standpoint of what's happening in other parts of the world. And Ari's going to talk a, a little bit about some of the places she's gone, some of the people that she's talked to, and the growth that they're going to be seeing globally. And that intensity, just to, to touch on it, because I think it's super important, that intensity is now part of this woke American culture, right? It is part of not the subconscious. It is a part of the the conscious conscious of young female audiences. And I think for, as you were just alluding to, for brands to sort of miss the opportunity to not just get on the bandwagon, but truly find a purpose within that platform. Ari's going to talk to us about why that's important now more than ever. So with that. A hundred emoji, a hundred Ari Weingroff. We'll be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic, oracle.com slash strategic. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. 
the ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. 
If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We're back in the studio, Atlandia, with a very special guest. Ari Wengroff, the publisher of Broadly Advice. Welcome, Welcome Ari. Ari. Good to be here. <laughs> So, Ari, we were just shooting the shit a bit about your background, and you've been at Vice for about four years. Yep. Right? But you came from politics. I came from politics. I got my start working for Governor Shumlin, who ran for office in 2010 when all of the other Republicans won across the country. He was one of the few Democrats that won. And then worked for him as press secretary and worked for the party for a long time, did some consulting, and then ended up switching over to media. And I love that you were just telling us, like, I knew that I could create socially responsible legislation, potentially. If you could get it passed. If you could get it passed. (laughs) Right. And then you started thinking about media because you felt like you could do this in media, but at a broader, probably faster pace level of change. Yeah. I mean, if you're lucky when you're working uh, for a state house or on the Hill, you could get one, two pieces of legislation done. And in Vermont, there was a lot more pressure because there's like less than 600,000 people in the whole state. So if someone calls you and says, this is important to me and you don't do it, you're going to see them at the fair and they're going to bring it up to you. Whereas if you wanted to do something larger and move to D.C., especially because it was Republican controlled Congress, there was a zero percent chance of getting anything done. And so I wanted to move into a space where I could actually take the same issues that I cared about and have a larger impact. But you had no idea who Vice was. Oh my God, none. Like, like <laughs> so tell us that. a story. Like, 100% zero clue. Um, I was I was essentially doing all of these informational interviews and got really connected by all of these amazing women. And it was Peggy Panache connected me to Meg Lowe, connected me to Ellen East, and who, who said when I met with her, there's a small group of women who look out for each other. So if you need anything, let me know. But none of those meetings felt right. And I got connected through a friend of mine to the general counsel at Vice and literally didn't even realize that he was the general counsel. Because if you look back at my cover letter, I called him the president and CEO of the company. <laughs> so clearly didn't even know who Shane was at the time and, and obviously didn't think about it seriously enough to put in the research. And I got called in. And from the time I went in for the first meeting to two weeks later, there was a new wall in the building. And there were still two entrances into it at the time. But it was just crazy. Like to me, it was so unlike anything I'd ever seen. And it was just attractive. Yeah, it was attractive to feel like I could walk in and make any stamp I wanted and that that would be supported. And and very much the philosophy of Vice at the time and still now is nothing starts with no. I, I could bring anything up. I could join any meeting. I could raise my hand. I had to raise my hand, but I could participate. And to me, that was an incredible structure coming from the political world where I was always young and I could be on the fringe of the room, but no one ever thought that I necessarily should be in the room. And when you were working at Vice at the time, there were so few people. You were there because you were supposed to be there. And everybody was just running up a hill. 
I love that. Did you question yourself when you had to raise your hand? I think or every, when you felt like the, you're like I have something to say, or was it just so open? Uh, yes, I definitely questioned myself, particularly because I didn't know anything about media. Like when I look back, I spent a long time listening first. Like I, I definitely didn't put myself out there, but when I felt comfortable to, I did. And I started taking on side projects and working a lot more on synergy within the company. You know, at the time, Viceland was an idea. We didn't even have a linear channel. But when I started to gain confidence in that, then I just went for it. And Shane was always supportive of me in that. I mean, when Gloria first came to the office, and we're talking Glo- about Gloria Steinem. Gloria Steinem, I, yeah, Gloria. first name basis. You call basis. her like Lori. Hey, Gloria. Lori. Gloria. Gloria. <laughs> when she first came. Um, It was just supposed to be a meeting with Shane and Gloria and Amy Richards, who's her sort of advisor and confidant. And I said to him, you know, I like Gloria Steinem. (laughs) Can I be in that meeting? And so I joined him by the end of it. um, He was like, oh, Ari, I'll run this with you. And then I just took it. But it turned into a show that we made on Viceland called Women with Gloria Steinem, which was around international women's issues and how if we continue to silo them, we won't move forward systemically. And that really came out of seeing that at the time, there weren't stories that were talking to women around in-depth international issues in the way that I felt there should be. And so this was kind of our view of doing that in the Vice way. So fast forwards 2018, it's certainly the year of the woman or women or just the whole damn girl squad. (laughs) And you find yourself as the publisher of Broadly. Can you talk about that journey and what the founding sort of Principles. principle yeah, was around the development of that project and now it's turned into a full-fledged platform? Yeah, when I was creating Woman, um, at the same time, Vice was working on Broadly. And that started because we always knew that there was a home for women at Vice, but not enough women knew it. And we didn't want to take like 10 years or however long it would take naturally to bring that in. Um, and so we felt like creating Broadly, which is what we believe is we don't undermine women's intelligence, we speak to it. And so in that, we decided to take what does Vice do better than anyone else, and that's video, and let's take it for women. Um, And so when I was creating Woman, we were creating Broadly, and we actually had Unilever as our launch partner for that. And two and a half years later, it's still our most successful digital launch to date. It's our second youngest audience, most mobile. Um, We've won a lifestyle webby for a website. We're up for it again. So we really feel like there's still nothing that quite compares to what we do. Um, Of course, there are other really great sites out there for women. But it's so interesting because, you know, we call it the year of the woman, but some of the stuff that's coming up just, like, blows my mind. Like, even the, the Pulitzer announcement today was by a woman, which is the first time in its 102-year history that that's happened. I mean, Beyonce, first black woman headlining Coachella. Right, uh, when I was reading that. By the way, that. I, I live-streamed that 3 Ugh. o'clock in the morning. Beychella. I everyone, had to watch it. Everyone was... Everyone. Unbelievable. It was incredible. So so I think what you're, you're just bringing up is interesting, that there's certainly a lot of women's content out there, but not many things like broadly. So I should say there haven't been enough female-first platforms that have taken off quite in the way yours has. I think we can count on our hands a, a number of, you know, female first. What do you think about Lenny the Lenny letter, letter of the world? Mm-hmm. The Lily from Washington Post. But that actually feels, and I'll just, I love the Washington Post, love you, but it feels adjacent. It feels still to the side. And I think what I, what I always found interesting about Broadly and about Lenny, Lenny is all about females. Broadly was one of the first, right, that also, to your point, didn't placate. 
but actually introduced. Went head on, yeah. Yeah, well, well, totally. I th- and that's the core of what Broadly is, right? Like, we're not going to create something where every single headline has to remind you that you're a woman. We're exactly. going to provide value in the content that we're making for you. Right. And we want to make sure that we're providing value to our audience. I think, I mean, I actually do think that that is what Teen Vogue as well is doing Great right example. now. Wow. You know, the yeah. truth is, is right now what we see for Broadly women and LGBT content because truthfully, the younger generation doesn't see gender as a huge part of their identity. You know, it's what we're talking about in terms of the year of the woman, like the change of how we feel we're presented as women versus young 16-year-olds is so different. They don't see it like that. The idea that these things, adjacent I think is a great word, live adjacent to the male-dominated content. Do you think, Ari, that that is a part of the issue and in that it's not this integrated thing and that you went out and said, we're going to remove female from even the headline. We're going to create content that speaks to a broad audience with a specific segment in mind. It's a huge part of the problem. You know, one of the things that works about Broadly is that when we grew its original Facebook audience, we did it based off of the Vice Facebook when we would be sharing. So Broadly's audience is even 100% female. It changes based on the topic that you're talking about. And we're therefore introducing content around and about women to men that yeah. therefore wouldn't be seeing it otherwise. And I think that's a huge part of it. Like you're siloing out women's content to women who already know they're women and they know what they want. And you're not telling these stories to the men that aren't taking the time time to listen. And that's part of why they're not able to adjust. And women have such a huge spending power. They have such a huge consumption rate. And yet we're like, these things are so surprising to us. I think it'll be a long time. It's going to kill some sites because they're not adjusting fast enough. Yeah. What is the conversation with advertisers? I mean, there's so many companies out there and so many brands who have taken on diversity, who've Mm -hmm. taken on um, female issues and female content. And marketing to females, but I'm not sure that there's systemic change. And you can see that in some of the kind of partnerships and conversations around partnerships. Yes. We've been lucky at Vice that there's no compromising around the fact that we will work with a brand to tell the best story possible as opposed to trying to tell something that they already think their audience knows. So, for example, we did a partnership with Smirnoff this year where they wanted to increase their relevance around women, and so we noticed that only 17% of headliners for DJs were women. So why don't we make a goal to double that? So we worked with them, and we worked with Spotify to do that, to double that number, and then we did a long-form doc about it. Um, It actually was voted with AdAge as the number one branded partnership this year and was nominated for a Webby because we're telling a story. Like I always say when I'm in brand meetings that what Vice and what Broadly does best is that in the same way that kids will remember a song that they like because more than like a homework assignment or a math problem because they actually like the song, we're going to tell a story that that kid or that young person is going to like and therefore they're going to internalize it in a different way. So when we're talking to brands, it's the same thing. It was a huge mission for me in Broadly to not um, work with just a beauty partner for our initial launch, our initial brands. Like the brands that we work with, we have a couple that I can't announce today but that are coming out soon that are traditionally male focused, but we're doing a program with them for women because they see the value in that. But most of the time when I am talking to brands still, they will first bring up beauty, fashion, what is the broadly woman, who does she look like? And while that's important and what her style is is important, it's more important for us to talk about what she's interested in listening to, what she wants to watch. Like are auto and finance brands coming to you? Uh, Auto, yeah. Finance, no. But I actually think finance is still such a missed opportunity in general. Like, you know, most of the stuff that they're doing, and you'll still see it. Most of the things that people are interested in financing are lists. 
they don't really want to get into something that they feel is subversive and anything around women is subversive to them, mm. right? Let's be honest. And women don't want platitudes. They want to feel like there's action around them. And for us right now, I mean, that's why we started the Broadly Film Fund. And that actually gives brands an opportunity if they want to make content around the films to actually feel like they're taking a part in empowering a young next generation of creators. But most of the time when you talk to them about it, everything is a little bit too scary. You look at these female adjacent brands um, around traditional or legacy media companies, um, they've merchandised it with the word woman or women in the headline. Can you talk a little bit about the fundamental difference in why you chose to go broadly Mm -hmm. um, and what sort of the development of that platform looked like when you were conceiving it? Like, what were the filters that you said, this can't look like this because if we do this, we will just have ended up like everybody else who is badging our content with a female lens. When we were creating Broadly and we went through many iterations of what the name could potentially be, we actually felt like it was important to reclaim that word, which had previously been seen in some ways as a negative connotation for broad. What, do you mean? Broad, yeah. yeah. Broad. Uh, so when we were doing Broadly, because we felt like speaking to women's intelligence was at the core of what we wanted to do, we also felt like it had to be a journalism first site. Like when I'm explaining broadly, I don't necessarily, people always say to me, what's your 29 rooms, right? And I- Really? Yes. And I have to say, I compare broadly much more often to something like a long form underground New Yorker, or I I've want to find those, Not to, and it's nothing against refinery, but I think it's important that we speak to what the other- pillars of interest are to that woman. And that's what we wanted to show. We wanted, we didn't want to make a reactive site that was reacting to news or pop culture. We wanted to make the news. In the same way that Vice doesn't respond to breaking news, like kindergartners playing soccer and everyone's running after the ball. They go and tell the story before and they tell it after. And we reflect that in our journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as, as the site has evolved, we are trying to incorporate now more of an LGBT audience into that as well. So going back to Gloria. Gloria. Yes. She's amazing to work with because she's 100% herself, yeah. which is why she fit with Vice. I mean, there's no other company still, I think, that would have greenlit a show with, at the time, an 82-year-old woman that's focused on a millennial audience. Yeah. Right? She's yeah. 82. No, she's 84. At what? the time, she's she was 84? 82. She's extraordinary. And and I, in working on the show, she was just a great compass because we knew, how to, we knew how to put someone that was young on the ground telling the story. And what we wanted to do was to allow someone who couldn't go there themselves to bear witness mm-hmm. in order to create change. Mm-hmm. And then Gloria could provide the context for what we should be talking about. Does she feel like we've gotten further down the road in our crusade for equality and female rights? I mean, listen, I can't speak for her, but I think if she were here, she would talk about the fact that, you know, she's seen many decades of progress over time, right? And it gives you a little bit of perspective. So even if you're having a day where you're taking a step backward, you know that overall you've taken 10 steps forward. Yeah. I mean, in the 70s, women couldn't even have their own credit cards. So when you put it into the context of now, we've we've made some strides. And I interviewed her after Trump was elected. I interviewed her at the Women's March, I said, you know, what do you think about this? And she said, well, at least we're not looking upwards. We're looking at each other. Mm. And there's this level of social consciousness that he has brought out in all of the horrible things and conversations that have come from it. They're conversations that we didn't think our nation had to have anymore, and they do. And Gloria has always been very present for those and continues to be and continues to evolve and be creative. The conversations that you're having on Broadly, the social topics that you're covering borrowing from what has happened during Gloria's heyday till now. Um, How are you selecting those conversations, and how is the selection of those conversations 
I won't use the word dictated because I know it's editorial, but in consideration with how brands are thinking about and weighing heavily in on purpose. Yep. How are you kind of converging those things right now? On the brand side, we've been very conscious of not trying to talk about things that are commonly spoken about for women. So, for example, for Vaseline, which is the power of healing, we created a piece that was in Haiti, and we worked with a, a woman who used voodoo to bring in spirits to create healing after the floods. And so we wanted to tell that story and talk about the community and talk about an issue there through a lens that only Vice could with a brand that was focused in that way. So Broadly has always tried to take a little bit of a weirder, more magical lens in that approach. For women, which is a bit more serious, every single pitch was around like sex trafficking and prostitution. And we just wanted to talk about stories that weren't being brought up every single day. So we did femicide in El Salvador. For the U.S., we did sexual assault in the U.S. military. We did a piece with Vice President Biden at the time around uh, sexual assault on college campuses, and then in Canada about murdered and missing uh, indigenous women there. So it's not stuff that you're going to read on CNN every day, but stuff that is affecting large populations of people. Broadly likes to feel that uh, our audience that is intelligent They're curious, but they're very optimistic. You know, 96% of women and men on our audience feel that uh, gender equality is important. We're not going to preach to the choir around something, but we are going to talk about Danica Rome, who was one of the first transgender women to win a race this year in the U.S. Uh, We followed her story very intimately. And how are brands reacting? All right, because those headlines that you just gave us are intense. They're controversial um, in in the marketing world, right? So where's the balance? And are you saying we're going to print with this anyway. And brands are saying we're either getting on board and we're supporting that because we know that these are real and they're important issues, or that's one step too far. It's so funny because I got into publishing because I knew if I had the money, I could make the decisions, mm-hmm. not because I was interested in sales. And now that I am interested in sales, I am interested in having brands be more open to those headlines. Mm-hmm. There are brands that are. And, you know, you have like your Patagonias out there who are have such yeah. social-driven there missions. there's like not a lot of Patagonias. No, there's not. But there's not a lot of brands that will survive in the same way that Patagonia will, yep. you know, and every single brand now has to have some kind of identity tied to what they are and who they are. And we provide that. And we did that before a lot of others have come around to it. So some brands, of course, freak out about that. But at the same time, these are the issues that our audience cares about. And so therefore, they're going to see they're going to have a very high stickiness rate. And we're not going to do it in a way where it's not going to work for the brand. There are many brand marketers who listen to our show. Um, many don't often get the opportunity to sit with the publisher of a female-first platform. What would you say to them? I mean, you you know your audience best. How would you make a case to them to say, these conversations are happening? How do your consumers or your readers want to engage with brands around it? I would remind the brand that 82% of our audience believes that the social platforms that they consume have to express their values and their belief system. Mm. And if these brands are not willing to step to the table, and that doesn't mean go 100 miles an hour. You can dip your toe in the pool and you can still participate in the platform. You know, our horoscopes on Broadly actually has the highest returning and loyalty of any uh, audience on Vice overall. And so we can be more playful. What are you guys doing around events? We're weird. Like, for example, we're planning right now this Broadly maze. 
So the idea with the maze, I can't name the brand yet, but it's essentially a maze where you go in and it will have the brand design throughout the maze, but then you get lost and there will be like a room with a phone that connects to another phone where you can talk to each other. And then in the middle, there's a party. And we have something called Broadly Plays, which is concerts with up and coming female artists. And then they curate playlists. And then we do a, a gallery around them. Everything that we do with Broadly has to have mentorship at its core. So even, for example, we're doing this new artist in residency series where we pick up and coming artists that have big social followings. They make content for us that lives on the site. Ultimately, they have it, but they're pushing us and we're pushing them. I would love to see Broadly do something in the corporate space like corporate mentorship. I hate mentorship as 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 a term, but coaching. Yeah, well, you know, like, no, for sure. I mean, 80% of uh, men feel like they're ready for their next job, and only 20% of women do. Right. So, uh, we, can, I, we, can I tell you an amazing anecdote? So, I went to go speak to a group of young women at a local high school around topics for women um, relative to International Women's Day and a celebration of careers. And as a part of that, there was a group of panelists that included everything from doctors to lawyers to entrepreneurs in the sense of women who own barbershops, one owner photography studio, and yours truly as somebody who was representing women in business. And as a part of the discussion at the very end, we were you know, asking the young girls, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it went from everything from chemical engineers and astronauts to music teachers and to public servants and everything in between. At the very end, when the, the young girls were invited to come up and you know ask any final questions, take pictures, whatever the case was, it was like the parting of the Red Sea. Half the group went over to the attorney and the other half went over to the doctors. And I was standing in the middle, part stroking my ego, part trying to figure out what just happened. It was very apparent to me as I reflected back on the few minutes prior that not one young woman in the audience said they wanted to be a CEO, they wanted to run a company, they wanted to be a badass in a boardroom. It's just, it was very apparent that that wasn't a path that they thought was available to them. And after speaking with a couple of the guidance counselors after, it dawned on me that there is such a lack of acknowledgement or example setting in the market for young women to think about this as an opportunity for them. Oftentimes, they're brought in to that sphere of possibility in college. And at that point, it's too late. Well, I don't even think growing up, I knew what a CEO meant. Yeah, like what does it mean? Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, I think that is a big piece of it. Like the education of it is really in any job, what is finance? What what would you do on a day-to-day basis? I think in our industry and in media, you know, that's why I'm so excited about the Broadly Film Program, because when you're looking at women who are in the film industry or TV, there's this fiscal cliff around what they can do. In 2017, only 8% of top grossing directors were women. Yep. Most of the time they're coming in and they're directing TV shows, which are paid substantially less. And then you've got one gig and not many people are going to see it. Right. So there has to be actually a better relationship to get into the door where you have a lasting career with a mentor who's really been successful. And we put so much pressure on women's success in any category now. It's a multi-generational plan. Would you guys do this with business? Yeah, 100%. And we're actually offering and we're working, we're going to be working with a bunch of different brands actually around content that will be made with some of the directors. So I want for every single brand that wants to do anything around the Broadly Film Fund, they have to hire that emerging director to actually shoot the spot for it. Yeah, yeah. These are the conversations that we are missing. Mm-hmm. There is no community. There is no content. There is no brand that is standing up a platform that says at the age of 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, You can be a CEO. 
this is where the online offline thing gets interesting. Well, then, uh, yes, then you start getting into like local community. That like, IRL. Is broadly getting into is broadly, local community. Is broadly business a thing? Yeah, I mean, listen, like we're, we're focusing so much of it around film right now. We actually have a course that was based on women that's at USC Annenberg. Uh, it's called Creating Change Through Media. We're going to show all of their videos and content that they make on the Broadly site and get them started. And they're 21, 22 years old. But Broadly business, yeah, for sure. I mean, I actually— Could we start funding, like— I literally had a conversation last week on Friday with someone from another media company that I can't say right now, but we're actually going to be doing a jobs fair together. Because there are all of these young people, especially young women and young queer people who make less money than everybody else. But I also find it fascinating that most in real life events that happen with different publishers and media platforms are aimed towards older women, even when they're speaking to younger women. They're for people who can pay an exorbitant amount to get tickets. And they're for sponsors who are sending 10 people from that company to attend and generally congratulate each other for being there. It's very rare that you have someone that comes forward and says, I'd like to do something and provide an opportunity for these young people where they don't have to pay anything, but they can just come and learn. You know, I was meeting with Delaney Tarr, who was one of the Parkland survivors. It was a very strange, very short meeting in DVF studio like a few weeks ago. And I was chatting with her and she was talking about social media. And I was really taken aback by the fact that she found Twitter to be a safe space. Mm. And was like, listen, I grew up at a time when social media was new and it was really seen as something that is for bullying and hate. And there is so much fear within that. Um, And we still see that in conversations we have all the time and with brands. And she was talking about how, no, it's a place where I can find my community. And anybody that has anything negative to say to me, like, fuck them. They're haters. And this young generation that she's 16, 17, Mm -hmm. they don't think even about platforms in the same way that we do, Mm. right? In the same way that like Vice. Where's the tribe? Where's the tribe? Our audience that comes to Broadly believes in body positivity and sexual freedoms. Like we have a column called Our First Time, and that's all about different things around sex and sexual education. And there's all of the stigma, you know, actually when we talk about words that are brand safe and not brand safe, that's around sexual health. And they're, and that's really like an underserved topic that we have our audience that comes to um, politics. And then our third largest one is actually around um, health. So what's next? Like as you're kind of venturing into this film space, as you're event, imagining your event world, uh, you know, what does the future of Broadly in the next 12, 18 months look like to you? We'll be expanding more into product and merchandise. And on top of that, we'll be making some some M&As. We love some merch. Some merch. merch. I'll send it to you when it's ready. I also think that the Middle East opening up is a fascinating commercial space. You were just just speaking there. I was just speaking in Riyadh in Saudi Arabia at the Women's Economic Forum. What did you talk about? I spoke about increasing women and content pipeline. And and it was young young girls who were very excited to be creating stories. You know, young people in Saudi are the number one consumers of YouTube, and that is happening because Uh, uh, in the world, yes, and that's happening because they are sitting there and they are hungry for good content. What does good content look like to them? Is it scripted? Is it news? Is it everything? Just content. You have to think about the fact that Saudi right now has a really high unemployment rate. Yeah. There's a lot of time, and they have their phones open to Snapchat constantly. I mean, I literally was photobombing as much as I could (laughs) when I was at the conference for that. Um, And there's 1.2 billion Muslim people in the world, and there's not that many commercial opportunities that are reaching them. So I actually— huge opportunity. On top of that, we're going to be doing a summit that's going to be here in New York that's essentially going to take the Women's Economic Forum and bring all of the— top women in the Middle East to New York 
and have it so that brands can actually meet and interact with them and top think leaders here because most people aren't don't even know that they exist and they have more money than everybody else. I mean, if you look at what Dubai is doing, they're essentially making like a Noah's Ark of young, smart people over there. And they're saying, come here, no taxes. We'll take care of you and we'll fund your projects. Yeah. And they're doing that with females. Too. Yeah. Yeah. They are. The UAE actually has more women in their cabinet than the United States does in senior positions in our Do you see yourself, government. do you see broadly getting into any form of like, I don't know, like influencing legislation more directly? Yeah, broadly actually has, we're going to be doing something this year for the midterms, which is uh, called the next female president. And it's going around the country and actually talking to all of these different young people and in, in not in cities and rural areas around what issues they care about and why they want to run or what they would want to see changed. And so we're working with organizations like Emily's List and She Should Run to work with them on that. And then there's specific legislation that we cover in the same way that Vice Impact, which is our global response to the issues that our audience cares about, will focus on different campaigns. We do that with broadly around certain legislation. Of course, for us, anything that's around abortion or access to reproductive rights is always our biggest issue. It's interesting to see this young cohort, the 14 to 22-year-old age range that you just talked about, have gone from like Saturdays at the movies to like Saturdays of marching and like this act of collective, you know, Mm -hmm. migration around, you know, to your point around Delaney Tarr, like I'm galvanizing my community Monday through Friday, and then we're hitting the streets and we're advocating for change. And, and we will come out and vote you out, right? I, you know, and if the, and you see that immediate reaction now, though, a brand or a person. We were just talking before this about Starbucks and what happened over the weekend, and the CEO yeah. is there in like Philly right now. Yeah. Uh, there is no tolerance. How are you leveraging the power of Vice to scale this message now? You talked about be ready for our audience to grow significantly. Um, given that you're on the heels of being in, I don't know how many countries Vice is in now. 36. Yeah. I mean, what? Well, we have offices in 36. How are you leveraging that though, Ari? Because that I think is, that, is a huge advantage for Broadly oh, to go big. For sure. I actually think that's one of the most exciting things about Vice. And that's where the Broadly Films Fund idea came from mm-hmm. is when, when we're in other territories, particularly where they haven't had a strong history of gender equality, we have to make sure that they're not just franchises. They're fully part of our Vice ecosystem at home mm-hmm. and that we're building a family wherever we go. And in some of these places, like for what we're doing in Ava, like in Indonesia and India, like these have some of the highest number of young people in the world and they have not had access to great content, particularly because it's been really hard to do it. And because Vice can be in other countries and actually come from a space where you're talking more about culture and people don't realize, particularly the governments, that news is sliding underneath that always. So there's been a ton of change at Vice in the last year. How has broadly or has broadly had more of a voice even in your internal cultural change? Yeah, I mean, I think we have to recognize that Vice has had some challenges over the last few months and is committed to making our company the safest and most progressive workplace, not even just in the industry, but in the world, particularly because we are serving so many people around the world. You know, we have over 5,000 employees, and I think it's over over 80% of those employees have joined the company in the last two years. So it's been incredible growth. Mm. Um, and we were doing some things like committing to pay parity and creating our DNI board. 
from its inception, Broadly has had a zero tolerance for bullshit. So when there are issues that come to the forefront as a channel, it always covers them. It's done a lot of work around Me Too and sexual harassment and trying to create progressive legislation. And, you know, the list goes on and on. I think internally we've had an incredible group of women uh, and allies at Vice that have come together. And through this, actually, I think we've created a lot more structured internal communications and processes where they are having a say. Mm. They are part of the conversation. They are aware of the day-to-day, and they are committed to helping secure Vice's future, not only for themselves, but for the next generation of talent that are coming in. Mm. Cool. All right, now the time. Kill by DIY. Now you can do your damn DIY. Okay. Uh, All right, well, I hope this doesn't sound corny, but I would kill the idea to advertisers that women are a niche audience or need to be siloed as a community. Yeah. I had someone tell me once that women were an underserved community. (laughs) I was just horrified. Um, So I would kill that. Like, so fast. Um, For buy, I wouldn't buy anything right now. I would wait six months and let the duopoly of Facebook and Google play its hand. And then when media companies are cheaper, I would buy them. Look at you being, (laughs) like, she's super savvy. Maybe I should follow your your investment strategy. (laughs) (laughs) And for DIY, it what you were talking about earlier, I would 100% do a version of Girls Who Code specifically around educating young women for finance and business skills. Oh, let's do it. I think that's something we would very much like to participate Marketer in. X. Let's do if it. listening. Yeah, we're ready to make we're this We're ready thing. to make it roll. Fund it. Fund, Fund it. it. <laughs> Come on board. So if there was one thing you would want to leave the community with, whether it is about vice broadly or women in general, what is the biggest misnomer in your mind in 2018 that you plan to address on broadly? I would 100% say that nothing is off the table in terms of what you think is brand safe and not brand safe. Being a woman is a fully encompassing thing. Women are challenging and difficult, but they are people and therefore people are challenging and difficult. And um, our audience will only continue to grow. So should ride the wave with us. Nice. If people want to reach you, where can they find you? They can email me, Ari, A-R-I, at vice.com, or all my handles are just A. Wengroff. Thank you, Ari, so much. So fun having you in the studio. Big thanks to our new producer, Laura Morris. How fun is it to have an all-female cast? It's fun and kind of torturous for me that now there are two Laura's. So thank you to all of our friends and family at Panoply. Matt Turk, Andy Bowers, Jacob Weisberg. We'll be back with an all-new episode in two weeks. Full disclosure, our opinions are our own. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 